Stupid Sam Class Podcast. Oh, shit. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And on this program, we're going to be discussing some beautiful, beautiful Star Trek with you beautiful, beautiful people. Oh, we were supposed to watch Star Trek? Uh Uh-oh, I watched Earth 2. (laughs) Oh my god, there was a lengthy pause in that joke, Josh. (laughs) I had to think of a show. What's on TV? What's on TV? What was on TV in 1995? (laughs) Uh, This will be part two of... The court collection or the trials collection. Trials. I fucked it. I fucked it. Oh man, I was thinking today. Look, hear me out. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) There are a lot of Satan episodes. Jesus Christ. I I've been watching uh, TOS like nonstop. You get get fucking hooked on TOS, man. It's hard not to continue watching it. I just yeah, I just like leave it on and I just like do whatever. And uh, there's a couple that could pass for a Satan's. That's uh, actually what? true. There are a couple that could pass for a Satan's. Uh, what's another one I was thinking of? Oh, I think we should definitely do, like, uh, a sexy collection where we talk about, like, sexy episodes. Oh, like the naked now and the naked time and shit? Yeah. No, we, well, we could do that. Or just ones where, like, they're, like, like having to do with, like, sex. Well, I watched Space Seed yesterday. Yeah. Which is about how a historian really wants to fuck Genghis Khan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, everyone fucked that guy. Everyone's related to that guy. Everybody wanted to. Like, she's fucking, like, she loves a Napoleon and Alexander. Like, she... Yeah. They dance really heavily around who Khan is supposed to remind you of in that episode. I guess it was too, too, like... Close to home, maybe it was only like maybe. twenty years or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's no mention of Hitler in that episode, even though no. Khan is like he eugenics Hitler. Hitler. Yeah, he says Hitlery things. Yes, and yeah. uh, the redheaded uh, Starfleet officer of wants to bone him so bad that she derelicts her entire duty yep. and goes to a desert planet to live well, with him. she does that because he touches her hair one time and yeah. she's hooked. Yeah, well, he's like, every lady loves a Hitler, right? <laughs> that episode that's is that fucking old, weird. <laughs> that's that old saying, girls love a Hitler. <laughs> a Hitler boy. I don't have Hitler boys. fucking Cosmo, so it has to be true. <laughs> How attracted to a Hitler are you? On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you want a mustache ride? (laughs) So, uh, this is part two of our Trials collection. It's The Measure of a Man from The Next Generation. It's a TNG, one of the best TNG episodes. It really is. It's one of the best Star Trek episodes, period. Uh, I got, like, a lot to say about this. I do, too. And uh, (laughs) the first thing I want to say is that I was... I'm the smartest man that ever lived. I mean, yeah. I want to put that out there for everybody, because this episode is literally perfect to follow Court Martial with. It's it's very similar. Yeah, to there's, the point where there's actually the exact same thing happens in both episodes. In the beginning, yes. In the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is just a reference. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, this is a reference to... To court martial. Yeah, like th- at the beginning of them. the court case, they read out Data's accomplishments, and yes. Riker says that he wants them to move on, and Picard's like, "No, Does- I want this read out." 
He does the same thing, and then he does exactly what the lawyer does later with uh, with the guy who I hate, uh, the science guy. I don't remember his name. Uh, Max, Max, something, Commander Maddox. Maddox. Maddox, yeah. And then he does the same thing where he's like, "Yes, yes, yes." We, let's. He's an expert. Yeah, <laughs> he's an expert. I get it. But anyway, same thing. Same thing. Uh, do you want to say anything before we hop into the frame by frame of this episode? We're doing frame by frame. This is gonna take forever. Well, yeah. that's that's my new name for how we go scene by scene through the episode. It's called <laughs> the frame by frame with Jeff, Jeff Pennington's frame by frame. Look, I'm trying to get in on that Boston Sean action from emails. All right, I need my name in front of something. Yeah, everything's a thing. It's like a show. It's like we do a show. It's almost like we do a program. Uh, I just want to say I love data. I do too. Um, <laughs> That's it. That's all. I named my cat Data after him. So. I named my cat after Data's cat. Spot. Spot. So, uh, I have one question before we go in. Uh-oh. And it's a loaded question. And it's pointed Uh-oh. right at your fucking head. Jeff Pennington's loaded questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I live in the South. I have a slight Southern accent. I don't want anything to do with gun-related <laughs> anything. I don't need anything else to make me sound any more Southern. Brought to you by guns. (laughs) Brought to you by Smith & Wesson. Seriously, send us money. No. Remington. I would not take it. (laughs) Rembrandt toothpaste. Rembrandt. Uh, Anyway. As a side note real quick, if you hear fireworks in the background, it is not July 4th when we're recording this. It's a couple days after July 4th, but people Uh, still shoot off fireworks in, in my town, too. Or guns. It could be guns. Who knows? Especially here, where I live. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. It'd be a great time to murder someone. Just saying. (laughs) It's like in The American. Did you ever watch that movie? No. It's a great movie. You should watch it. George Clooney. And he's a gunsmith, and he makes, like... He's an assassin. And he goes to this small Italian town to make this gun and to, like, assassinate some dude, or what he thinks is some dude. And, uh... When he makes the gun, he waits till the clock strikes 12 so he can hammer the the pieces he needs every time the clock strikes so nobody hears him. Oh. It's a really good movie. So on and Star Trek... <laughs> no, my question, question is this. What was your question? My question is this. Who is your favorite robot in all of fiction? Is it Data? I mean, yeah. I mean, Data beats out, like... R2-D2, like, for sure. Well, for sure. Like, I'm always on the fence. Uh-huh. Because I love Data. I named my cat Data after Data. And you Data. also love the robot from Metropolis. Yeah. Especially when she dances topless. <laughs> when she has those metal tits. Metal titties. No. Um, I'm, <laughs> titties. I love, I love Mega Man. Oh, Mega Man's a robot. Like, I fucking love Mega Man. Uh, yeah. But it's probably Data. Probably data. Yeah, the next, uh, the next, my second. Who's my second favorite robot? The robot Maybe from a- Lost in Space. No, I hate that robot. That robot sucks. <laughs> Not the new one. The new one's all right, but the yeah, old one's stupid. the new one's all right. People want to fuck the new one. Did you? Why? Know that? It's I'm, it's a dude in a suit. I get it. Right. That's why, because it's a dude. In the a funniest suit, thing is, like, I'm so used to robots in American television being obviously like robotic. Yeah, they're not just a dude in a suit, but uh-huh. like he looks like a Power Rangers villain. He does. 
<laughs> like he looks super like Super Sentai. Yeah, he looks like uh, like a Super Sentai monster. Yeah, he's just a guy in a suit. Maybe maybe one of the Battlestar uh, Cylons. I don't want to tell you because don't like, spoil for me. Well, I mean, you gotta get on. I'm not it. gonna watch it, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> oh my, oh, I'm just God. kidding. I'm definitely gonna watch it, everybody. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> no, I will. I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> it's data. He's he's lying. He's lying. That means he's lying. <laughs> no, no, no. Edit it. Edit it out. Edit it out. Future Josh, don't let past Josh know. Never. <laughs> uh, speaking of Mega Man, real quick before we get into the episode, read Mega Man Mega Mix. That shit'll make you fucking love that guy. Oh, Mega Man's great. I love Mega Man. It'll make you love him. Nothing like I'm, I'm not like uh, an emotional reader type of guy. Like I don't get like choked really? up over like comic books very much uh-huh. like novels and stuff maybe yeah but like it's a comic and I don't normally get choked up over shit but there's some stories in that shit that'll really like tear at your heartstrings. Well, I'll have to check it and out and it's Mega Man Mega like Man. it also has the best uh, version of an evil doppelganger story I've ever read in my life it's, it's from the doppelganger's point of view who thinks he's the real Mega Man. Oh, that's cool. And when he finds out he's not, he has, like, a horrific emotional breakdown. Oh. That's, like, every day of my life. Well, yeah. You found out you're not really who you thought you were. That's every day. (laughs) But on Star Trek... (laughs) (laughs) Let's sweep that emotional trauma into the rug real quick. Uh, On Star Trek, uh, our... Favorite heroes, the Enterprise D, are headed to a star base for a little while. I think, like, crew rotation. Yeah, they're just doing Starfleet shit. But the episode starts with, like, a game of poker, and it's like a data life lesson scene, which yeah. I love. Yeah. it's a, it's a the fir- I think it's the first time Data plays poker, or, or on the show, at least, right? Yeah, because he talks about how, like, he studied very heavily. Yeah. And he learns that the game of cards isn't one through knowledge of the game it's one through human instinct and insight right. he says that this game is simple he's like it's easy like there's only a certain amount of of winning combinations and i and i can know what like half the deck is right so he's like so i'll, I'll be able to tell who's gonna win mm-hmm. probability wise but uh, Riker bluffs him yeah he does and data data has this great line where he says well that's completely illogical that you would uh play when you had no chance of winning yeah and he said but i did win Riker's like <laughs> i did win though yeah that's the it's like the forest through the trees like that's the game he doesn't realize that that's the game uh, we also see that picard meets a lady who really wants to fuck him yeah picard uh put his wiener inside of this lady <laughs> No, no, he did. He, he put his like she wants him to, but she, no, he, like, they had a prior relationship. Really? Yeah. I they thought used that to like fuck. I thought the only thing that they had was that like they were going to have a relationship, but then like she was in charge of the court martial that Picard had to go up against. Yeah, I think I think that that's kind of what ended it. Like that's like I think they were like kind of on again, off again. And then you, that you are writing per- Star Trek fan fiction, sir. I'm pretty sure it's implied that they have they were together. Maybe. Uh, um, uh, her name is uh, Lavoie. Philippa Lavoie. Oh, they like that name, Philippa. Yeah. 
there's a couple instances of that in this episode, yeah. I think. But um, she's they have like a little back and forth about the court martial that Picard had aboard the USS Stargazer, which is something right. that kind of comes up every now and then. Yeah, it's sort of like a a little uh, background into Picard and yeah, what he's like. That, like all like the ship, the Stargazer was destroyed, and he had the choice of saving the crew or the ship, and he chose the crew. Yeah, and that's Picard in a nutshell. Yep, uh, which he's, is he's why we're best. on the Enterprise J now. <laughs> which is why we're on the Enterprise J. <laughs> <laughs> but an admiral shows up, Admiral uh, Nakamura. Admiral Nakamura yeah, shows up. and he's up. wearing the craziest Admiral outfit I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, they, like, change the Admiral outfit, like, every ten episodes. Like, yeah, they, they can't didn't decide know, on that shit. They didn't know what to do. This one is a particularly ridiculous look. Well, by the time you get to DS9, the Admiral outfit is just the regular uniform, but belt. with a belt. <laughs> they just get a belt, a big, like like a like a like a rodeo belt. Like yeah. they won the rodeo, it's they like get a, like a belt buckle. It's like a belt that goes over your shirt too. It doesn't yeah. go anywhere near your waist. It doesn't. Yeah, it's just like here's. Oh, that's an admiral. That's yeah. There it it's is. It's an admiral because he's got a belt. Hopefully, he doesn't stand behind a podium, so we don't know what rank. So he, he can't is. tell what rank he is. But even like the he's like he's a vice admiral because he's got three three bars, three pips and bars, right? So, but they're, like, vertical? They were like, let's turn yeah, them vertical. It's, like, weirdly turned. They're, like, not quite vertical, actually. They're, like, diagonal across it's, his collar. It's so weird. But he's uh, accompanied by a rare person in a blue uniform in yeah. TNG. Uh, Commander Maddox. This guy sucks a major dick. He does suck a bunch of peepees. I don't like him at all. He is number one peepee sucker. <laughs> yes. In the whole Federation, he is the number one peepee sucker. He He's up there, man. He's got to be up there. This guy's a prick. He really is. And uh, they do like a little tour. And by little tour, I mean very little tour. They literally walk around the bridge. <laughs> well, that's all that Bruce Maddox needs. And... Uh, uh, Nakamura is like, all right, he's there to work on your Android. Peace out. <laughs> and and <laughs> Captain Picard's like, what? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, what are you talking about? Um, but we learn that Maddox is not only a great giant PP sucker in general, but also specifically to Data because he's the only one who didn't want Data to join Starfleet. Yeah, he. <laughs> He keeps calling Data it, like he doesn't say he. Yeah, right? he's, I think this entire episode was like, look, people do not like this fucking new doctor coming in and shitting on <laughs> Data. We need to bring in somebody worse than him. Worse <laughs> oh, right. than her. This is, this is uh, Pulaski, yeah, right? This they is, were, they're yeah, like, yeah. we need to bring in somebody who's like shittier to Data than Pulaski to show that there's yeah. a difference. But Pulaski, like, acts it right, where she, like, the actor who plays her is, like, you can tell that she's, she's Bones, right? Like, she's yeah. just fucking Bones. She was actually in TOS in an episode as well. She played Mrs. The Bones. <laughs> she was a different character in that. She was a looker, I'll tell you what, in that my episode, My wife took too. everything but my bones. That's why they call me Bones. It's not because I'm a Saul Bones. They call me that, just, it's a, it's a, just happened that way. You'd have to look up on Wikipedia what Saul Bones meant, that might take you 20 minutes, and uh, I don't know. 
So we're just gonna add this line in the movie. It took here. everything but my bones. She took my everything but my bones. He's the he is the only part of those movies that's any redeeming qualities though. He's amazing as him. Uh, I wish they wouldn't give him stupid shit to say. Yes. And I wish they would give him like actual things to do instead of like, all right, uh, you're gonna disarm a bomb, but get it? It's like surgery. I put <laughs> I put blood in a triple. <laughs> I took triple blood and it fixed you. I'm the Deus Ex Machina guy. Here Pretty it is. Much. But uh, it, Maddox is like, look, I'm gonna have to dismantle Data. Yeah, he thinks he can. He he. Maddox believes he is on the verge of creating a positronic brain. But right? he's not. No, he's, he's not. actually an idiot and doesn't know jack shit. And Data yeah, he's says a piece as of, much. He's a piece of shit idiot. That's what he is. They, like they have like a meeting. Like Riker, Picard, and Data have a meeting with him, and he's like, "Look, I'm trying to follow in Doctor Noonien Sung's footsteps. Yeah. I can do everything he can do better." Right. And not to mention that Noonien Sung was like a hyper genius. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and fucking, he's like, uh, look, I've made a new positronic brain, so it's fucking easy peasy. I'm gonna do it. And Data's like, yeah. well, wait a second. Uh, did you fix this problem and that problem and this problem? Yeah, and he's like, uh, like the electron degradation across the circuits. And he's like, not yet. And he's like, well, then what are you fucking talking yeah, about? How in the fuck are you gonna do anything then? You're gonna that, lose all of my fucking data. Yeah, my brain's gonna go away. He wants to put the brain in like a computer on the Starbase. It's like IG88 in the Death Star, man. Star Wars. <laughs> but, like, Maddox is a fucking moron. He's like, look, I can do it. I know what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, he's a he's a prick. And he's like, the risks to Data are negligible. Like, if he explodes, he's just a thing. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. they keep, like, t- saying, like, he's, like, a tool, right? Like, yeah. he's, like, a hammer. And Data's like, well, you don't know what the fuck you're doing, so I'm out. I'm not taking part in any of the shit. And Picard's like, yeah, dipshit. <laughs> I think he actually says that line. And then, like, he yeah, pulls out, like, shit. a little thing that's like, well, actually, here's the reason why we're having this episode. And Picard's like, yeah. fuck! Because is- Maddox is uh, now, he has, like, uh, orders from Starfleet Command that Data is now in his co- his custody. Yeah, there's, like, a transfer order or whatever. Which is, like, kind of, like, a stupid logic, like... You need a transfer order for a person. Uh, a person, but he he's not a person. It's like kind of like a double standard, it, which like obviously it's well, yeah. That's to be a Maddox's standard. whole thing is the yeah. double standard of like it, data is as close to human as you could get, but it's still like a fucking thing to him, right? Yeah, I feel like this is like the first instance in my recollection of science fiction in in I guess this is like eighty nine or whatever. This might be ninety. Uh, but it's like a really early uh, instance of like what we would later be talking about like 10 years from now after this episode with like the Matrix. And, yeah, like, it's 89, well, like, by the way. Okay. So it's like, yeah, so it is 10 years from now. So like, like that, like machines can, are, are machines people. And like now we're really like getting into that in real life where it's like, well, what happens if we make a machine that has like intelligence? Like, what do we do? Yeah. And you, you see that in games like that Detroit game. Uh, Detroit become human, yeah. Except like yeah. really, really heavy-handed, and uh, it's very dark. Like really, there are two sides to that game. The people who played it, like some people, are like, "Yeah, it is literally the dumbest, most tone-deaf <laughs> like attempt at trying to show there's like 
racism in the world. Right. And other people are like, I want the androids to fuck each other. I love it. <laughs> well, that's probably, like, what's gonna happen, right? Like, as fucking fucked up as that is, like, the reason that there will be, like, that uncanny valley will be crossed is because, like, we're gonna want to have sex with it. Yeah, you, it can't look weird. I want to put my penis in it. Even though people fuck, like, plastic vaginas. Is this the second week in a row we were talking about plastic vaginas? No. You Nobody must be talking talk- about on a different podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I've just been, uh... Never mind. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Maybe I need to delete my browser history. <laughs> so... The next scene is, like, there's so many great scenes in this episode. Yes. And this is one of them. I don't know if I'd call it the best one, but it is super fucking good. Like, uh, Picard in his ready room, like, calls in Data. And he's like, Data, I think that you should um, take part in Maddox's procedure. Because, you know, the Starfleet has ordered it. Yeah. And uh, Data's like, uh, well... Why do I have to do that, you know, like... And he's like, you know, because of how incredible you are at doing your job, that's why we want more Datas, to be able to do more for Starfleet. And Data, like, puts him right the fuck in his place, because he's like, well, like, Geordi's eyes are better than everyone else's eyes, right? So why aren't all Starfleet officers forced to have their eyes replaced with cybernetic implants? And yeah. Picard is like completely fucking silent. He has no response to that. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have anything to say. And he like, he like does this like great like when Data leaves. Like he does this great like sigh, and he's like, oh, "Here we go." Yeah. <laughs> like he knows what he has to do. Like immediately, right? He and like you don't see that with with even like with Kirk. Like Kirk's usually like pretty on it, and he's usually right about stuff, you know. But yeah, like I was talking about this earlier, like. Picard can go up against a situation that he's on the opposite side of and realize that he's wrong and switch over to the other side all within the first few minutes of an episode. And you can believe it 100% that that's exactly what that character would do. Like, Picard actually learns a lot in this episode, actually. Yeah. And you learn that, like, his position on... When it comes to Data's sentience and, like, his being as just as important as a human wasn't exactly where even he thought it was before this episode. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. And, like, I want to talk about it later. Um, the the speeches that both Picard and uh, Philippa, Judge Philippa, give at the end are, like, incredible. Oh, they like, really fucking are. They're incredible. Like, but, like, I, Picard jumps to his feet instantly and starts looking through Starfleet regulations. Yeah. And He's like, computer! Give me all the information on Starfleet transfers. <laughs> and he's so, like, you can tell that he, his entire idea of himself has changed in that moment. He yeah. realized where he was on that issue, and he was wrong. I would say that out of out of all the episodes in this show, this is when Star Trek is Star Trek. This is when the, the series becomes Star Trek. Like, I could probably agree with that. This is, like, the first episode I can remember, anyway, where the ideas of rights, inalienable rights, yeah, start extending outwards past humans. Yes. Like, think about the, from, like, a historical point of view, 
like what this means to the Federation. Like this is a crazy huge deal. Like this is major, major shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> like what happens if if the if Data is a machine and they can take him apart? And what happens to to it's a slippery slope, right? Like what happens to the Prime Directive? What happens to the holo- holographics? Like like what happens to them? Yeah, we haven't you know even I mean? gotten to that shit yet. And that's not even a thing really yet, but like later on it will be like like relatively soon and i mean that actually gets brought up in voyager like data's sentience and humanhood when the doctor starts gaining sentience yes how they can't just turn him off and like fix him you know and like we learn like picard in this episode is the learning man he's not like the advocate who has all the answers Right, he learns along with the audience throughout the entire episode, and the first step of that isn't that he just goes to his computer and gets the information he needs, and then he's ready. And he wins, yeah. Like, he doesn't get the information he needs, and he has to go to someone who understands it better. He goes to Captain Philippa. Yeah. Who is, like, the um, JAG officer on She's board. She's a JAG-off officer. Ha-ha. <laughs> How long were you waiting on that one, Josh? About a week. <laughs> She's the only person in the JAG office. This yeah, which which is kind of convenient, right? Like yeah, that's they a little don't have bit to hire other actors. Yeah, they can just be so they yeah they can they don't have to farm it out. They can all be each other's defendants and shit. Yeah, and Picard's like, look, I need your help to stop this transfer from happening, and she's like, well, it, it has to happen. Either he transfers yeah. or he resigns. That's or it. He resigns. Yeah. And yeah, it's you like feel the frustration at this point in the episode. Well, you're, as an p- you're pissed member. off at this point. Like I like every time I watch this episode, I get really mad, and not because like it's bad. It's I get mad because like this. It's so effective at at showing me injustice like yeah i'm i'm seeing an injustice taking place before my eyes and i'm infuriated by it it reminds me like the tension i feel during this like the scene like the resignation and tension all at once reminds me of the movie high noon yes oh my god i haven't seen that long the building tension in that movie is like fucking so palpable that like i don't even know if you had a heart condition you just fucking die at a certain point stop watching that movie but like a movie that's capable of or film or tv show or anything that's capable of making you as an audience member feel something that intensely is like fascinating to me and this episode does it's masterful it's masterfully done and like they do all of this just through conversation like nobody's yelling or shout like nobody's like throwing punches there's no gunfights there's none of this shit they're just talking to each other and and I'm immediately like on the edge of my seat, yeah, waiting for the next like shoe to drop in this like shit show that I'm watching, like this fucking like kangaroo court. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, dude, the it's, craziest it's, thing to me is like, go back to the beginning of this episode and time out how long it takes for them to deal the cards at the beginning. Yeah, like there's a good twenty seconds of silence at the beginning yeah. of this episode where they're dealing cards, and all I could think of is like. This would never be in a television show in this day and age. There would have to be explosions or people screaming or someone fighting someone or, like, dramatic music happening. Yeah, it's it's crazy, like, 
how shitty TV is. <laughs> it sucks so bad now. It sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of good TV and stuff, but it's, it's, it's all like... Yeah. None of it has that quietness, that, like, intensity, like Star Trek does. Yeah, even, like, Game of Thrones. Like, maybe the first couple seasons, there's episodes where, it's like, similar, like, kind of, like, qu- quiet acting is taking place with tension. But but Game of Thrones, even, like, now has become, like, they're movies now. They're mini-movies, like... Yeah, and pretty now, much. And now there's dragons in every episode, and everyone's fighting. Everybody so. loves and dragons. That, and that's fine, but, like, man... This is this is a maybe one of the best episodes of television ever written. Oh ever. yeah, I would put this in a top ten list of television episodes uh, of yes. all time for sure. And there's a there's a couple TNG episodes that are also in that top ten for, oh, yeah. for me. Oh yeah, I'd put Obviously. the Inner Light in that top ten. Inner for sure. Light and Darmok are definitely Darmok for sure. Yeah, like. It's crazy. Darmok is a master class in understanding people who are different than you. It's it's ridiculous how good it is. <laughs> but, like, this episode specifically, like, this next scene continues your, like, physical reaction to the show. Like, your emotions, like, heighten even more with the next scene because Data's in his, in his room and he's uh-huh. packing all of his stuff up. So that lets you know that he's chosen to resign. They don't have yeah, to tell done. you that. Right. He's not going to go to Maddox. So. And Maddox just walks the fuck in. He walks in. He doesn't ring the doorbell. And Data's like, well, isn't it customary to like ring the doorbell before you come into somebody's room? And he's like, well, you're not a person. It's fucking, oh my god. And at this point, you're like, what are you even doing there? Yeah, he's like, like I'm here to talk you into doing the experiment. And you as an audience member, you're like, well, you wouldn't talk a fucking toaster into it, dude. This is a person. Yeah. yeah. But Maddox is a moron, so... Uh, he goes into his whole spiel about how, like, I'm ready, I know what I'm doing, and everything, and uh-huh. uh, Data's like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, yeah. and he he articulates the idea of memory as its difference to just, like, Data right? perfectly. That the experience, the flavor, and the feeling, though he doesn't use feeling... Uh-huh. That's attached to memory is like gonna be lost. Yeah, you can't recreate it. You can't transfer that stuff. It's like they mention it later, but it, it, they're talking about a soul. They're yeah. talking about like what the human soul, whatever that may be or may not be, it's means the essence of being human being. Yes, and Maddox does not think Data has that, but Data yeah. like circles back to the poker game that happened earlier and articulates the difference between the facts of his memory, Mm -hmm. like the rules of the game, and the inexplicable feelings of his memory as compared to the bluffing that actually wins the game. Yeah, it's a perfect metaphor for, like, life finds a way, right? Like, you, you you can't, like... You, you might, like, read the manual and, like, follow the recipe and do everything right, but, like, there's going to be just something might change and just it's it's totally different or the whole experiment is ruined or data dies, you know? Yeah. Like, you might think you have all the variables, but you don't. And he definitely doesn't. Like, this beginning part of this episode shows you without any doubt in your mind that Maddox does not have the skills necessary to keep yeah. data alive. 
Well, he doesn't even... I mean, that's like the... It's failure to launch. It's like... He doesn't even think Data is alive, yeah, so like, why would exactly. he try to keep him alive? He doesn't <laughs> like, he's care about alive. the essence yeah. of the memories. He yeah. only cares about the information. Yeah. And you know what I only care about? Taking a break. Yes! Uh, I'm like a fucking detective, man. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages from probably not a sponsor. Excuse me, I'm interested in the new collector's ornament from Hallmark. Ah, the shuttlecraft Galileo from the Starship Enterprise. Precisely. You know, it lights up when you plug it in. And listen. Shuttlecraft to Enterprise. Spock here. Happy holidays. Live long and prosper. Fascinating. For a store in your sector now carrying the Star Trek ornament, call 1-800-HALLMARK. Live long and prosper, right? No. I'll take five. And we're back. Hopefully uh, that was a good commercial. Yeah, it was, because I put it there. You don't know. Future you <laughs> might just be like, whatever, fucking... Maybe. Who cares? <laughs> Maybe. You never know with me. I'm like Data in that way. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows if you have a soul or not? I definitely don't. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> I'm a redhead. <laughs> I knew it. I Remember South Park? knew you were going to do that. Remember South Park? Oh, my God. They said it. <laughs> Don't you love that? Don't you love it when people just say jokes from things? I love that. And I especially love it when I walk down the street and people say it to me who I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, that's real funny. You must be really fucking funny to be around. Dude, I feel the same way about, like, I can literally for the rest of my life now never say the phrase, my name is Jeff. Because <laughs> of uh, Way Too Jump Street? Yeah, for a fucking sequel to a comedy movie. Yeah. Like, I can never say that again because some completely unfunny piece of shit is going to go, My name, Jim! <laughs> Which is uh, not only unfunny, but also a little racist. But, right. Because, right. Funny funny maybe at the time when it was a thing, but maybe when... It's going to be a thing forever now is the thing. Right. I, dude, I just hate that South Park shit. They're repeating the South Park jokes. I fucking hate it. Well, South Park makes stupid people feel smart. That's it the really reason. does. It's like the it was Rick and Morty before Rick and Morty. Yes, happens. it's the first Rick and Morty. You're exactly right. And if you feel smart because of Rick and Morty, I'm not sorry. <laughs> uh, when we left our hero Data, who definitely has a soul. Definitely. Uh, Maddox had said, "Look, I don't need you to join my experiment because I'm in charge of you." And Data's like, actually, you're not, because I resigned my Starfleet commission. Exactly. And he's like, well, I'm going to go change that right now. Yeah. <laughs> and he does somehow. Yeah, he finds a loophole in, like, the law that <laughs> says that, like, uh, Data is Starfleet property. Here's right. a plot hole. Yes. Uh, and I waited the entire episode for someone to fill the plot hole. Uh, Dr. Noonien Sung did not work for Starfleet in any way, shape, or form. Right. Uh, he did not give Data to Starfleet. Data chose to join Starfleet. Right. I, I will try to fill the plot hole with my explanation sure. of this. Because I, I, I also thought this similar thing. I was like, well, because Data is like, Data isn't a race, right? As, True. As, not yet legally, anyway. He's not a race. He doesn't have his own species, so the Prime Directive kind of doesn't apply to him. He was b 
built on a Federation world, but also, like, him joining Starfleet, I guess, is, like, the loophole where, like, well, he joined, so he 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 has no legal, rep- like, legal rights. Yeah. So him joining Starfleet makes him property of Starfleet in in yeah. their view. That's that's Maddox's like counter. He's like right. like they're he's property, he's like a machine. Right. He has no more right to refuse his procedure than a computer. Yeah. And uh it's it's funny that like he was so big on like him being Starfleet property when he was the one that was trying to keep him out of Starfleet to begin with. It's ironic, yeah. But he's a vulture. He's a piece of fucking human shit. Yeah, so. he is a piece of human shit. It's true. He does not belong in Starfleet whatsoever. Yeah, he should probably be, like, court-martialed and got run out of the service, as they say. Yeah. And, like, uh, Philip is like, well, there might be some law that'll support his position. Yeah. So I'll look into it. And they're throwing Data like a going-away party, which is cute. Oh, that's pretty funny when he's unwrapping the present. Yeah. And he's, like, taking the wrapping paper off all fucking delicately and shit. <laughs> and Data. He's so cute. But, uh, Classic Data. Jordy is, like... There's, like, a real understated emotional scene here. Because, by this point, I don't think Jordy had admitted that Data's his best friend yet. Yeah, he didn't know. And he's, it- like horribly broken up by the fact that Data's he, leaving. He's like a little kid. Like, yes. the way he says the line, he's like, he's like, well, you're going away. He's like a little kid. He is, really. And he's also like, it's just not fair. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like, doesn't, like, he can't handle it. Like, it's too much. It's his best friend leaving. Yeah. When you leave the country, I'm gonna be the same way. I'm gonna be like, you're going away, Josh. Yeah, I might get stuck over there, so. You're going away for two days. <laughs> two days? <laughs> Two weeks. But uh, <laughs> Captain Philippa comes back and she's like, well, Maddox is right. Yeah. So he can't resign and he can't refuse to undergo the procedure. It's crazy. And Picard at is fucking point, pissed. Yeah, at this point you're like, fuck you. Yeah, you're like, maybe the Federation's full of shit, you know? Maybe it is. That's the thing, man. And <laughs> it's it's like the the ideals of the Federation aren't being lived up to, is what it is. Yeah, well, it's, it's a... It's like kind of like what we as Americans are going through right now. Like we're seeing how fragile democracy is and yeah. how fragile freedom is, and how you it requires maintenance. Like you can't just let it go; yeah. it needs to be upkept. You know, not to go the full nerd route on our Star Trek podcast or anything, but yeah, I mean, there's yeah, a would we? <laughs> there's a couple panels from a Captain America comic where he says yeah. uh, he's holding the flag and he says, "Well." Without the ideals, without living up to the ideals this country is meant to live up to, this flag is just a piece of garbage. It's yeah. trash that isn't even fit to wipe your mouth with. Yeah, it's it doesn't mean anything if the if the the foundation isn't there. Like the symbol means bullshit. If if like, yeah, that's my favorite I, thing I about Captain America is that like if. Uh, all the like redneck piece of shit like all writers read a Captain America comic, they would hate his guts. Yeah, because he's like, <laughs> he's liberal as fuck. Yeah. He's like, right? Well, what's what, what they would call liberal, where where it's actually like, just the alt writers are just so right that they're like, anything in the center yeah. looks like liberal. Well, I mean, <laughs> there was the thing where the NPR like had people read the fucking Bill of Rights 
and yeah. they got death threats from all. Yeah, fighters. they got death threats. It's like, uh. <laughs> yep, pieces of human garbage. But anyway, they're all a bunch of fucking Bruce Maddoxes, dude. Because because like uh, Picard wants to have a hearing, but there's no one there besides Philippa. Yeah. So she's like, well. We'll do a hearing, but you guys have to offer... You have to be legal counsel. Like, the commanding officer, Picard, has to be mm. the defendant. The uh, the fucking lawyer for the defendant. Yeah. A monkey wrench <laughs> is that uh, the, the next highest officer has to be the prosecution, the which prosecution. is Riker. And Riker's like, fuck no! Yeah, I'm not doing that. He's shit. my friend. I believe in him. I'm not going to be against him in this. And they're like, well, if yeah. you don't do it, he's he has to be uh, the fucking possession of Starfleet. He's just yeah, a thing. Yeah, they'll just, the, the hearing won't happen and the, the ruling stands, right? He says, all right, I, if I have to do it, I'll do it. Yeah, and she says, if I fucking even sniff that you're fucking around with this, I'm shutting this shit down. <laughs> She gets real... Yeah, she's real, pissed off about it. Because, I mean, yeah. like, if you were Riker and she hadn't said that, you'd be like, well, Data, if you're not a human, how come you can blink? Right, yeah, <laughs> you can just phone it the fuck in. Yeah. Throw the case. <laughs> it's... Right, I do not envy Riker's position in this what so fucking. This is a horrible... Like, this this episode, it just, it just gets worse. It... it has everything that a good courtroom drama has and that's every if you watch any good courtroom drama like 12 angry men or whatever well it, it always starts out with like the ethical stance as as like insurmountable like oh yeah and it there's gets worse and worse and yes. worse throughout the and whole episode and it gets episode. worse right and then and then there's like that moment when like the you know the 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 people who are on the right like seemingly like can't win and that's what every good courtroom drama does and this episode does that perfectly oh fuck yeah you're 100 right it's great you're like smart guy <laughs> get that, at this point it's like it's like a setup like this feels like a setup you're like this is bullshit yeah like, at this point it's like everything possible is against data like how yes. is he ever going to come out of this yes. And there's a great moment where Picard brings Data to his ready room, and he's like, well, we're going to have this trial, and I'm going to be your legal counsel, but if you would be happier with anybody else, like any other officer, and Data says, no, I believe in you entirely, mm -hmm. and your abilities to legally represent me, and Picard like sheds a single tear. I love you, I want, Picard. I want everyone to hug. Nobody hugs. I want them to fucking hug. No hugging. It's the military. You don't hug in the military. <laughs> but um, Riker looks up Data's uh, technical schematics, right? Mm -hmm. And there is some fucking top-notch face acting going on in this scene. This is such a great scene because, like... Now you're getting, like, a glimpse into, like, Riker. Like, this is, like, a character-building exercise for Riker at this yeah. point. Like, he's he's looking at the screen in the schematics, and he starts smiling because he found something. Yeah. And then his entire face, the smile just bleeds out of his face as he realizes yeah. that whatever he found is going to have to be used against Data. Right. And for that m that brief moment, he was, he was like, hotshot Commander William Riker... 
he was going to win. He's going to win, right? He knows he's going to win. That's Riker. And then, but then he realizes he, he realizes oh, it's what it's going to cost. Right, the stakes. And it just it completely like bleeds out of his face is the best way I could put it because it, he yeah. looks so wounded yeah, and deflated great. by it. That's a really good way to. That's yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> and like the hearing starts, and Riker is like he's on the gallows, right? Like he just he looks like he hates every second of being there. Yeah. Um. This is where the part we talked about earlier, if we recorded it, I don't remember, but um, <laughs> we talk a lot before we record. <laughs> it, it's been known to happen. But. Uh, this exact scene happens in court martial where uh, they're starting to read out Captain Kirk's service yeah. record and all of his awards and everything and the opposition is like we don't need to hear all this and he's like no we do need to hear it yeah we want to hear it and yeah. the exact same thing happens with Data's records yeah I like th- I like that I that's a very uh it's a very like Star Wars thing to do, where you're yeah. bringing in, like a callback, and you're like, "Oh, history repeats itself." It's right? Like poetry. It's, it's like poetry. <laughs> Each verse rhymes with the next. But uh, he he's never gonna ever not be made fun of for that. No. And like, <laughs> and, like <laughs> and like that's like literally like what Star Wars does, and people are just like, "Ah, fuck you, George! You invented Star Wars, you asshole! Fuck off!" Yeah, fuck you, George. <laughs> I feel bad for him. I really do. Like, yeah, I do too. Honestly, like, imagine inventing Star Wars and then hating it like he does. That yeah, sucks. that sucks. And that sucks. like, people won't leave him the fuck alone. Like, he doesn't even make it anymore, and people won't leave him alone. They still blame him for shit. It's crazy. Fucking leave the man alone. <laughs> leave him. Leave the man in his multi-billion dollars alone. Yeah, I'm sure he could cry into his billions of dollars. <laughs> But uh, they go through this beginning part of the court case where um, Riker's like, are you a machine? And he's like, yeah, I'm a machine. And he Mm -hmm. says, and you were made by, and he's a human. And he goes through all of his, like, storage ability and, like, his processing power, which isn't really that powerful. Yeah, it sounded like a lot back then, but now you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Bits like not even like kilobits. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, you would want to move that decimal over a few places to but, the right. <laughs> and then uh, there's there's a great moment where like I didn't know this term existed, but Riker's like data bend this rod of like super power steel or whatever, and Picard's yeah. like objection. There are many races in the Federation that are possessed of mega strength. Yeah, yeah, they have mega strength. And the weirdest part is, like, Captain Phillip is like, nah, I want to see it. Yeah. Like, how does that, what do you, she doesn't even give a reason why. She's just like, no, I need to see it. Yeah, it's it's almost like, because I think it's almost like she, it's like a, it's a freak show at this point, right? Like, it's a circus. Like, this, at this point, the, the, the proceedings are a circus, literally. She wants to see him do it. Because like, she's curious. Riker is, like, really good at what he's doing, and you can tell he fucking hates what he's doing. Yeah. Because he does this thing where he, like, turns... He, like, deactivates Data, and he says, Pinocchio is broken. Its strings, strings have been cut. Cut, yeah. And then he goes back to his seat and just fucking hangs his head. Yeah, he just puts his head in his hands, and it's, like, crushing, dude. And, like, but Picard, Picard's like, I, I need a recess. But they're, like, mortified. Like, yeah. it's almost like... It, 
it's almost like he does such a good job that he's now he's proving the point that Picard is trying to make because people were so, like everyone in that room was like oh my god like this is fucked up yeah he, everybody was like immediately was like shocked by yeah because he like dismembers him he takes his arm off he turns him off yeah and and everyone's like oh my fucking god and like once that happens it's like that's all the proof you should need at that point if data is a person well, it's like they didn't believe it at that point. Like, Riker had won at that point. Picard yeah. thought he had absolutely no chance. Right, but, like, really the opposite starts to take place is is the really fucking interesting part about this episode. The, my favorite scene in this episode, besides, like, Picard's big monologue at the end, is this scene when he goes to Ten Ford and he's, like, trying to sort of drown his sorrows because yeah. he knows he's going to lose, and he talks to Guinan about his situation uh-huh. with Data... And she starts to, like, slowly hint towards the idea of Data being used as disposable creatures. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Picard, like, slowly starts to realize... He starts to get it. ...that she's talking about slavery. And the look on his face is pure fucking horror. Yeah. And they're, they're like, going to we create just, a slave race. We were yeah. just walking around the issue, like completely oblivious to what we were really discussing. They couldn't see the forest through the trees. Like, they don't realize the, in the moment how big this is. And this is like, like the idea I was talking about of, earlier of Picard being the learning man in this mm-hmm. episode. He doesn't have any of the answers. Right. Even when he wins the case later, spoilers, I guess. Right. Is he's asking questions that cause the case to be won. He doesn't have any of the answers. Right. It's it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. Like I don't it's I like can't think of a better The the Federation was about to create a slave race. Yeah. And Data's life was being like given up. That would have been it. That would have been it for the Federation. That would have been it. And that's all it would have taken is this one thing. Like, like, how fucking crazy is that? Picard is, like, a man possessed at this point. Like, he seems like he's not even thinking about what he's saying when he first sits back down. And he's like, you know, he said the data's a machine. Do we deny that? No. It's not relevant. We're machines, too. And, like, he goes through all this shit. And he sends data to the witness stand. And ingeniously starts going through those personal belongings we saw earlier. Yeah, he pulls his medals out. He's like, why did why did you want these? He's like, Data's like, I don't know. I just thought I should take them. Yeah. I just wanted them. Does that mean vanity? Yeah. But Dude. the the one that really gets everybody is he puts that hollow cube down of yeah, Tasha Yar, and Data's like nervous about this one. He's like a little mm. embarrassed. Yeah. And he he reveals that they had been intimate. And yeah. everyone in the room is completely shocked, especially except for the one guy in the back who goes, <laughs> "The guy named Josh in the back." <laughs> it's, it's crazy that that one guy is back there. <laughs> one weird. bald, red bearded dude in the back <laughs> starts yelling, <laughs> and his his uh, brown bearded friend like pulls him back real quick. <laughs> Shut up, man! Shut up. He fucked her. He fucked her. He um, fucked her. He fucked. He put his penis inside of her. 
But like every like Philippa is like unbelievably taken aback by this. Yeah, it's like it's like her modesty. Oh my! She like has the vapors, <laughs> dude. It's crazy. But she's like a machine. Yeah. Felt he was intimate with a human being. Yeah. And I love that Picard's like I want Maddox. I call Maddox to the stand as a hostile witness. Yeah. <laughs> Treat him as a hostile witness. And, Fuck yeah. And he, like, fucking tears into him. He's like, well, what are your criteria for sentience? Am I sentient? Yeah. How, prove pr- that pr- I'm he, sentient He says right prove now. that, yeah. And then he, he kind of, Maddox kind of laughs, and he's like, I, he's like, this is ridiculous. Because you can't, like, you can't. And he's like, well, why can't you? Yeah. What is the difference between me and Dato right now? Mm-hmm. What makes me sentient and him not? Yep. And, and he like, goes through the list, and it's like, self-awareness and whatever yeah, he, the other two it's uh <laughs> consciousness intelligence and self-awareness self-awareness yeah and he goes through intelligence and self-awareness and proves that he has both of them yeah and he's like, and he's well, like what let's you... go for the third one <laughs> he's like what are you gonna do if you can recreate data what is what are you gonna be doing how many and he's like yeah. a thousand and he's like they'll be on ships or whatever and he's basically like you're creating a slave race yeah he gives this amazing speech. It's crazy good. <laughs> and I don't know. I have like the urge to read it since it's. I don't in front even want to. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even want to like quote it. It's just yeah. There's so there's so many. Think about it from like I I, I always look at this like I've seen this episode like fifty times. Oh, I have so too. I, yeah. I always think about it from like different. Try to look at it from different perspectives, and I always tend to shift toward like the if I were to write this and I, I always think like that I couldn't I, I, I don't think I ever could maybe maybe but like the people who wrote this thought of this in such a interesting way like they were like what does what do historical quotes sound like now to us and then yeah. like reverse engineered the script to sound like quotes that you would hear like from the Declaration of Independence, or from the Constitution, or from the Magna Carta, in real time, in a show about an android. <laughs> like it's fucking mind blowing. There's like a ramping up of like tension in this episode that culminates in like the absolute high of tension in this speech. And by the time he finishes talking, you feel like completely at peace suddenly. Yeah. And yeah. Captain uh, Philippa giving her speech afterwards, you feel like you've ma- you've had like a journey emotionally. Yes, watching this episode, and her speech is really good too. Hers is amazing. Like they're both incredible, and hers hers is more like like what you read like legal like 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 Supreme Court justices write after they rule on something yeah. really big. Like hers reads like that, and again they like. I would not be shocked if they went and read stuff like that to write her lines to be like, what does it sound like when they decide this stuff? And it's like, like, the line that always sticks with me is that does Data have a soul? I don't know that he has. I don't know that I have. It's perfect. It's, it's absolutely perfect. Perfect. Because... It, the, the, I think the reason you feel that calm is because you know that the issue has been settled. Like you, yeah, you as the viewer in this episode are so keyed up this whole episode, and finally someone's talking rational sense, 
and that's what Star Trek is. I don't ever want to if if you ever want to watch Star Trek, watch this episode over and over again. This is Star Trek. This is the heart and soul of Star Trek. Yes, like this everything is, else is yes. window dressing to right. this. This is what the reason that Star Trek matters and the reason that's important and the reason why it matters that Star Trek isn't about fucking explosions and killing Klingons and fucking whatever the fuck. If you watch this episode and you feel these feelings, you will never be able to watch like bang bang shoot 'em up Star Trek again and yeah. not feel completely hollow and be like it. what the fuck is this? But like <laughs> you even get some catharsis because Data like goes up to Maddox and he's like I formally refuse to undergo your procedure. <laughs> yeah, I formally. And you like you refuse. feel that punch. You feel yeah. that he gives that back to him. And Maddox is like fucking uh like shooter McGavin smiling through his teeth like a fucking yeah. prick. But like you feel like he has changed by a this situation bit, yeah. as well. Like he had to learn. Yeah. In this situation because like he says he he'd called data it the entire episode yeah, he switches and he yeah. says he's amazing and even the judge points out you know you just said he yeah and he like walks away like he's in love with data now this this is really lame and everyone's going to groan but Maddox was the real robot <laughs> <laughs> it's true though uh, you're right cuz he, he was he, so un- unbending he's unfeeling he, yeah. no empathy no empathy he calls it it he calls data it he you know and then he switches to back to being a person he's a human being again cuz human beings have empathy that's what we are yeah. that's what we do that's why we got here that's that's how we got to there how we got here is a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Which is, our next podcast is about the Netflix show, A Series of Unfortunate Events. I've never watched it, never read it. It's about a baby and some kids, and they get beat by an old man. Oh, no. <laughs> they get, like, tortured, like, mentally uh, by this I don't want to watch that. And then Data shows up and says... Not on my watch. And then he hugs everybody. And then he has a rocket pack and they fly away. Um, <laughs> the ending of this episode is perfect. This whole episode is perfect. It really is. Like, Riker is staring out the window in a dark room. And Data comes in and he's like, hey, we're having a victory celebration on the holiday. Yeah. Why aren't you there? And Riker's like, why am, why am I not there? I almost cost you your life. Yeah. Like, I was the prosecution. Yeah, I, I, I tried to get you killed, basically, right? Like, yeah, and Data's like, well, if you hadn't, then I never would have had the chance to not be. Right. He said, he you injured yourself to save me. Because he says, like, if you hadn't have done it, she would have ruled that I was property. Yeah. But, it, but you did it, cause, and, and it injured you. He says, yeah, you injured yourself in order to save me, and I won't mm. soon forget it. And yeah, Riker smiles it. and says he's a wise man, and they walk out together. And he says, not yet, sir. It's, oh, God, it's, like, so fucking yeah. perfect. It's but with like, your oh, help, I am God. learning. And they leave to go to his celebration together. Oh, my God, Star Trek. Get fucked how good you are. God, like... This episode is so fucking good. Like, if you can watch this episode and be like, Star Trek's boring, then you are soulless. Well, you're probably an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, you really are. Like, no offense, but, like, you probably don't like things that involve thinking. So, I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> the heart and soul of Star Trek is in this forty minutes or however long this episode is. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I like to uh, since this, we're doing the trials uh, episodes, and I like to put JJ on trial. A oh, lot. oh my God! He found the connection, everybody. Uh, I, 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 I will say that another thing that bothers me, like fundamentally about the two thousand and nine universe, is that. They have one of those those fake data androids on their their ships that uh, Android O seven whatever the fuck, and it's like, well, so is he like a slave? Yeah, I guess so. Well, <laughs> like I mean, this, they dress like Nazis, own? dude. Like, well, they do dress like Nazis because you know this is like a different universe, and it's not an equal universe. Like, if somebody says. That oh, it's a different universe, but it's just as good. Like you're an idiot. No. It's the ter- it's a terrible nightmare universe. It's, it's exactly like our the opposite of what Star Trek should be in almost yeah. every way, shape, and form. Yeah, if I wanted to go see Nazis, I would just like you know turn the fucking news on and yeah, watch. Yeah, walk outside. Talk. Yeah, look, they're There's everywhere. Nazis. Oh, cool. They're in the White House. Great. Yeah, cool. <laughs> fucking awesome. I like, can't wait. It's this like dumbing down. And I don't know, yeah. there are always those people, and I always love to bring them up, that are like, oh, well, like, when TNG came out, people said the same thing. TNG got better, motherfucker. These movies are terrible. Yeah, they're not, yeah. Like, Beyond was better, but it's, like, I don't know, a fucking dead animal carcass is better than a piece of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not good. That old say. <laughs> I've seen that on a tapestry. I think in it's like they, home. they put it on like, man, like a on like vanity plates and yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know it's the like, home sweet home tapestries. I've read yes. one that said that once. Yeah. Did you know that Sean Zane and I would buy those for each other? We'd try to find the shittiest ones. And we'd really? Buy them for each other. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have like four of them in my house. Oh my god. One of them says like. I hope it's wine o'clock or something uh, like that, dude. I got one for Zane, I think, two Christmases ago that said Boss Lady. <laughs> oh my god. Because it was like the worst one I've ever seen. Dude, I, what if you would have found one that said Horse Lady? That would have been oh, a million times That would have been better. That would have been better. <laughs> she would have probably actually liked that. Boss Horse Lady. Boss Horse Lady. Fucking... Uh, we we harp on the JJ universe pretty heavily, and like we, I don't want to bring up Discovery because our patron our patrons yes. should be getting our first episode of the Hidden Discovery Collection soon. Hidden Discovery Collection. That's a very clever. Uh, what's the what's the what's the thing when it's opposite? The jumbo like, shrimp thing. Yeah. What's that? What's that word? Palindrome. Fuck, yeah, no, no, that's when it's palindrome backwards. is race car. That's like Hannah. Yeah, Hannah and race car. Uh, yeah. Oxymoron. Oxymoron, yeah. The Hidden Discovery Collection. <laughs> and it's... Uh, or I think I call it the Secret Discovery Collection. Ooh. Whatever. But Ooh. Uh, that's... Patreon.com slash podcast if you want to get on that. Yeah! But we harp on these because they don't live up to what Star Trek is. Like, yeah. And people will be like, oh, well, TOS didn't have the same type of stuff TNG did in it. But it had, like, the heart and soul that this better future that we could attain. Right. Where people are striving for something that's, like, an ideal. Right. No one's striving for an ideal in Discovery. Yeah, they're not. They're they're concerned with 
personal interests. They're concerned with their their problems as as people, and I like mean, that comes up in in like all the series. But yeah, the yeah. greater good of everyone is put ahead of it, right? I don't know. There's there's just like a frustration that I feel like deep in the core of my being that yeah. this is what Star Trek is now to people. Yeah. I said it earlier. Everyone who likes the 2009 universe is a Bruce Maddox. There it is. Uh, oh. <laughs> Cut to Patreon money. Zero. <laughs> Negative $400. I can't pay that. How does that even happen? Fuck. Um, <laughs> it's it's frustrating. It is. It is. I see people who are like, I really want the. I want a new JJ movie. I want a new mm. JJ Star Trek movie. I don't. I don't want him to do anything ever again. Like, I don't want him to do anything. I'll, I'll tell people an idea I have for a Star Trek game. I have this great idea for a Star Trek video game. Uh-huh. Where you play a uh, security chief and you're transporting prisoners yeah. to uh, an outpost. And when you get there, the outpost is taken over by their comrades. Right. And you have to figure out a way to get off the outpost when it's completely controlled by them. Nice. And people are like, yeah, fuck, yeah, you could have like the JJ Universe shit in it and people would love it. And I'm like, <laughs> fucking burn it down. I don't no, want the not, idea. Now anymore. we're not making it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Everything just, whatever. This is a whole other fucking conversation. It's a really great idea for a game, by the way, everybody. It is. Fucking, That's amazing. Send that to the companies and be like, Jeff Pennington wrote this. Give him money. <laughs> Do my work for me. Send it out. <laughs> Do my work for me. Right away, <laughs> Mr. Pennington. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is that two ends in Pennington or one? It's two. It's two, everybody. We have three in that word, right? Yeah. Three three ends altogether. <laughs> anyway, uh, Josh is right and that this is an entirely different podcast that we've already done. Yeah, but I, I think it bears repeating because apparently, like, I think people, especially with, with me, I, I can't speak for you, Jeff, but I, with me, I feel like people think that I'm just, like, fixated and it, it's turned into, like, a bit. But this this is the exact, this episode is the exact reason why I yeah. hate. It's not a bit, either. Is right, the it's thing. not a bit. Right. I really like, do think he's a terrible writer, because he yeah. is. And I really do hate Star Trek, the mo- like, Star Trek 2009 yes. and Into yes. Darkness. And Beyond, I really don't like either. I'll, I'll watch Beyond because it's not Into Darkness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Into Darkness is... Pr- if I had to pick the worst movie I've ever seen, it might be Into Darkness. It might be. It's it's definitely up there. And it's not just because it's bad. Like, if I was just going on, like, pure badness, I would probably choose, like, Howard the Duck or something. Yeah, but Howard the Duck is even way more interesting than... <laughs> it's Into Darkness tramples over a legacy as well. Like, no one was yeah. clamoring for the legacy of Howard the Duck. Uh, yeah, Howard point. the Duck, nobody even knew it was a comic book when that movie came out. They yeah. were just like, what is this? <laughs> it's And that movie, I watched with a friend of mine so we could make fun of it. I think it's I've a told childhood this story movie before. Of mine. I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. Oh my god! I think I told this story before. I'd, I'd not seen it, and I sat down with a friend of mine, and we were going to make fun of it, and we yeah. had like a great time, like laughing at it and making fun of it. Yeah. And then we just kind of got quiet because it got, it got. And my friend bad. was like, "How long? How much longer is this movie?" And I looked, and it had only been on for twenty-two minutes. 
dude. Oh my god. We well, finished the... it in silence. Like we had nothing else to say. That's it. You said all the things. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But in all the right. darkness is worse. It's worse. Do you want to do you want to come back after a break and do final thoughts? Yeah, we'll come back and we'll do final thoughts on this episode since we sort of danced around it this whole time. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. Consider that in the history of many worlds, there have always been disposable creatures. They do the dirty work. They do the work that no one else wants to do because it's too difficult or too hazardous. And an army of data is all disposable. You don't have to think about their welfare. You don't think about how they feel. Whole generations of disposable people. talking about slavery. I think that's a little harsh. I don't think that's a little harsh. I think that's the truth. But that's a truth that we have obscured behind a comfortable, easy euphemism. Property. But that's not the issue at all, is it? And we're back. Yeah, baby. With our final thoughts on the episode, Josh, what are your final thoughts on the measure of a man? If you could possibly uh, sum that up, I don't. I don't. I feel like I, I. I've said a lot about this, but I feel like I've said nothing about this. Oh yeah, because I. I don't think that there are words to describe how genius this episode is. This is some of the best writing in television history. It's a meaningful episode for all time like you could especially now in america you should be watching this and being like oh right i forgot that there are there are ideals that we used to have and that we used to look to and we had a path that we were on as a country where we allowed people to come here and you know live their lives and make a better life we treated people like they were people we understood that the measure of a man is equal from right. man to woman to man to woman. Right, to we're all created every, equal. Right, non-gendered and everything else. You know, like yeah, the measure of a man is the soul, and whether you believe in the soul or not, like the the culmination of the being, mm-hmm. the inexplicable part of a human being that makes us human. And everyone shares that, regardless of what you look like on the outside, what genitalia you have, like whether yeah. you were born the correct gender or not, or right. who you want to have sex with, right, or don't, for that matter, right, exactly. Like, yeah, none of that matters for who the person is. Yep, it's more. There's more to things than the surface of things, right? And and also like that we have empathy and we should probably like try to remember that we have that superpower. It really is like a superpower. It is. Like, like I don't, I don't need to like hear you say something for me to know you feel bad. It's uh, like, how does that work? Right? Like it's like, there's no input sensory input. You just feel it. You can yeah. understand. Like, honestly, if you sit with someone like, if Josh and I right now are on this line together, and we both sat here silently for five minutes, we would both mm. know exactly how the other person felt during those five minutes. Not just because we're, like, clones of each other. Well, that's true. <laughs> like, we're twins, so we can feel each other's pain. 
I'm the Danny DeVito twin. <laughs> Uh, I would request, since I feel your pain, for you to stop <laughs> masturbating so hard. Uh, pain or pleasure? <laughs> uh, you're using like one of those gloves that you defur cats with, so. <laughs> Jeff, sometimes the other things just don't work anymore. <laughs> Look, I tried the belt around my neck. It just doesn't yeah. work anymore. It's three in the morning, and Jeff is like, God. Damn it, Josh! <laughs> ah, my dick! Ah, what's happening? Ah, my dick's got razor blades! Ah, what is he using? Oh. <laughs> I fucked a razor blade. Oh, no! How did he even manage that? You can put your mind to anything. I guess. it's <laughs> Empathy is a superpower that other beings on this planet, like, a lot of other beings don't have. Like, dogs have it. But, like, what else yeah. can you think of? Like, fucking birds don't have it. it. It's a tough It's a tough one to measure. It's, you know, it's it's real tough to say, like, something does or doesn't yeah, have it. Yeah, that's uh, true. But, I, you know, I don't... I just, I, it blows my mind. It's part of why mind. we... Yeah, that, it's what makes us humans. It blows my mind that we as human beings can look at like Mexican immigrants and be mm-hmm. like that person is not as human as me. Which yeah, it, like how it blows could you my ever think that? It blows my mind cuz it's it's disgusting, yeah. but it, it 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 it's it totally makes sense because like people are afraid and they'll do anything to feel yeah. better than anyone and it's a sad and that's because the world is like fundamentally like broken. That's like there's like a major, very, very true. I mean, fucking my great grandparents came over on a boat from Ireland. Like yeah, from everyone's both sides dead. Of my family. <laughs> fucking everyone's dead. Yeah, you but think, I mean, I like, wasn't. Here's I'm a Native thing, American. Like, I wasn't born here. Here's the thing: like these fucking honkies <laughs> don't think that way. They don't think no. I wasn't Native American, so I wasn't born here. They think right. well, my fucking parents were like in the Revolutionary War. My great grandparents right. or whatever. But it's like, where the fuck did you come? Like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like my like, family were like literal immigrants yeah. that were treated the same way the immigrants yeah. not quite the not anywhere near the same way like fucking their families weren't torn apart and put in fucking concentration camps or whatever yeah exactly like I can't wait to read the comments from fucking fat pieces of shit on their keyboards about this episode you oh, I'm sure we're really I'm sure we're really pissing off some people but uh, don't listen to the podcast asshole. I don't know how you can even like Star Trek honestly if you believe like, I, I honestly don't I, know I will how say this with 100% certainty if you love Star Trek and you have any if anything we've said has pissed you off in this episode if it you wasn't don't some nerd opinion <laughs> yeah. you are a genuinely brain dead moron you're confused you're very confused <laughs> like I, I look I could not understand how you could love Star Trek and have those type of opinions but anyway <laughs> This is all good. This all this all stays in. But no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not taking any of this out. No, this is Star Trek. This is what this, Star Trek is. That's exactly. It's exactly. You're exactly right, and, and I agree. I feel like people you. miss the metaphor in Star Trek. I feel like people think that metaphors are just metaphors, and they don't have any like bearing on yeah, reality, like, which is crazy. And, like, that's why people... We got that email once from a fan who was like, do you feel like metaphor has a place in science fiction anymore? And we were both pro-metaphor. Yeah. Uh, If you just show the issue at face value, uh, you're not going to get the people who missed the metaphor. They missed it on purpose. Like, there was a part of them that specifically chose not to understand that metaphor. Right. 
And uh, yeah. if you just showed it at face value, you wouldn't have people watching. A uh, a, a a a like worse case, like a worse example of this is like in a uh, Last Jedi when the sound cuts out for that scene. Oh and yeah, she crashes and, like, and people, people were like, like well, "Fucking are the sound in my movie theater it's was like, broken." Have, have you ever watched a movie? Like, I, I to me, like at that point, it's like you should just probably stop going to movies now. Yeah, you're you probably don't... not gonna get movies. Yeah, you're not there. You're not really going to them for any real reason. Well, like, I, I don't a, think a really good example of that is uh, maybe I'll piss off the other side of the aisle real quick. Oh, cool. Uh, the, other good exa- <laughs> the other good example of that is the short that was in front of um, the Infinity Gauntlet. Or, no, in- The Incredibles 2. It was in front uh, of The Incredibles 2. I didn't, called, I didn't see it. It was called Bow. Okay. And in it, like, uh, it's a metaphor for, like, motherhood and, like, empty nest right. syndrome. Sure. And uh, so she makes a dumpling and it becomes, like, a little kid. And then okay. it shows her, like, raising the kid and everything, and then, like, it right. grows up into a teenager and then leaves home. Right. And uh, she eats the dumpling. Mm. And, like, uh, as, like, a metaphor for, like, destroying their relationship. Yeah. And then the kid, the kid show, like, the actual kid shows up, and his head is shaped like a giant fucking dumpling and has the right. same face on it. Right. And people in the audience like went home and were like, that was the most confusing five minutes of my life. That is literally the least confusing metaphor I have ever yeah. heard in my entire life. It is life. unbelievably blatant. That is, is almost too blatant. It's almost like, I almost rolled my eyes and I was like, okay, yeah. Like, his head is shaped like a giant fucking dumpling. How could you miss that? Dude. And there are people hard, who man. are still Art's like... Art's hard. And the thing that's going to piss off the other side of the aisle a little bit, maybe, is that there are all these articles that are like, oh, well, white people don't understand other people's cultures. Right. And I'm like, no, these people are fucking morons. It's not because they're white they don't understand yeah. it. It's because they're they didn't brain go to, dead. They didn't go to school and they didn't pay attention or they didn't go to a school that allowed them to like experience art. Which, like it's, like, it's, it's a crazy blatant metaphor that anyone with two brain cells, regardless of where they came from, should understand. It's a basic... Like, yeah. if you had a parent... You should understand right. that. Even if you didn't have a parent, yeah. you should understand that. It's like, it's like a universal thing. Yeah, it's pretty pretty self-explanatory that one. And it's it just <laughs> blows my mind that anybody could miss that shit. Yeah, it's just I mean, we I mean maybe there is something to this. it being like a cultural thing since everybody who doesn't get it is white. It seems like well, I don't. I don't know. I necessarily know if it has anything to do with with color, but it certainly has to do with uh, lack of education. Yes. I, I mean, it's just like that. Probably has more to do with it. I'm we're just a country that. of like really stupid idiots. Uh, now, so like this ties back into Star Trek. Is like so many people don't like Star Trek because it's boring, quote unquote. Right. But like, it's. If you think Star Trek is boring, you might be dumb. Like, I hate to say that about anybody so blanket statement-like, but, like, I don't you know. Definitely you definitely need... Don't, you don't learn, un- like, right. to understand things. You don't put that time into it, and so much of our country is built on anti-intellectualism now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's bad really to fed. be smart. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't even know, like... I don't know. I just, I, I really like hope that if people did watch, like, ne- had never seen this before or never listened to this podcast before, like, 
I hope that you enjoyed this because that means that there's hope yeah. for us. Like as us people. as a as a species, human yeah. beings. We need we need more we need more of this we need more of this episode in the world yeah not just that we need more things to be like this like Twilight Zone like some Fucking. somebody in your uh, in your stream earlier said that uh, if like if Star Trek was like Star Trek Online and not boring slow moving through space then they would have watched it and but- the funny part is like. <laughs> Uh, I'm already kind of bored with the combat in Star Trek Online. Yeah, the combat in the... In, exactly. The combat in the game is, like, just the gamey part of it. Where you're like, okay, now I have to fight these yeah, guys. Yeah, it's the and story that's the engaging part the of it. The story moves you through the, the game, yeah. And it's exactly that's it. That's yeah. the Star Trek... The part of Star Trek that's engaging is the story. And the right. inner character, like, ideals. And it's just... It's a beautiful thing. With, like, thing. Same thing with like uh, the old Republic. Like you, you pick your class and you have a story and you meet characters. Like go out and kill fifteen uh, Imperial snipers. Like I don't care about that shit. That's just the quest I have to do to get to the next story. Yeah. Like I don't understand. Like ah, uh, whatever. I mean, it's people. Like, well, the the fighting and combat in Star Trek Online is like bang bang shoot 'em up, JJ Trek. It's Style crazy stuff. fast. It's it's chaos, but really. It, it has a story behind it, unlike JJ Trek. Right. But and eventually, like the gamey part of it is like, you know, the min maxing. It's a, it's an MMO, so it's like yeah. you min max. That's that's fun too. But like the actual combat is just it's combat. I got like, nothing against Star Trek Online. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know it's what you're just, saying. I'm ag- I'm agreeing. With I'm you. just. I love Star Trek and. There's a whole new generation of people who are getting into Star Trek. And, like, that's the only thing I can really thank the new Star Trek shows for. Is that people are going back and being like, holy shit, this is way better than the stuff I saw. Yeah, that's The stuff I saw was interesting, but this is, like, this has a real message behind it. Yeah, I also feel like, um, again, this is, like, a whole other thing. I also feel like there's that, like, the other side of the coin is, like... Like the well, you just complain about whatever, and it's like, who are you to complain? And it's, I mean, who's anyone to feel anything of yeah, anything? Exactly. Like, why should we not complain? Who are you to tell us that it, we can't complain? Right. It's not. It's not. I'm not. I'm not one of these people who it's like, well, it exists. Like yippity fucking doodah. Like, oh great. Like yeah, things are gonna exist that are gonna exist. Like it's always been that way. Like there's always gonna be stories in, in some form. But if you're gonna tell this story, like the Star Trek story, you better fucking do it right. Like, like that's my opinion. We had a conversation on um, Jeff and Josh shoot the shit guest starring Kevin Cole as Kevin, <laughs> where we talked about Star Wars, and yeah. I put forth the idea that you can't throw out everything that came before because you don't agree with it. Right. And uh, Star Wars is like. It's it's whatever because like whatever came before episode eight was just episode seven. That that history yeah. is yet to be written for that trilogy, so it's whatever. Like I don't have a hard stance for that. Right. But for Star Trek, I absolutely do. If you're going into yes. Star Trek and you're like, I don't care about all the stuff that came before, I don't care about the meaning behind what I'm making. Yeah. You need to be making something else. Yeah, that that should be like a pre prerequisite for anyone who wants to make a Star Trek anything is that, and again, like 
not to suck Star Trek Online's dick, but like those people fucking love Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, I was about to say, like, kick the fucking writers' room out of Discovery. They don't know Star Trek. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Bring yeah. in the STO people. They know yeah. what they're doing. <laughs> they know what they're doing, and and they. I, I think I, I I've I've told you so many times before on other episodes before you started playing the game, like they really write themselves out of out of bullshit in that game impressively like 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 doctor who style impressively write yourself out of bullshit <laughs> doctor where who i've been like, like it's really good at that <laughs> it's fucking incredible at that and you believe it because you're like oh right doctor who right uh-huh that's how the game that's how this game works and sometimes you're like why the fuck didn't anyone just write this in a movie i i don't know i don't know they don't care nobody cares there's no Did the you, buck. There's no the buck stops here. Nobody cares. The buck stops at if if it made a billion dollars yeah. or not. That's all that. Did matters. you hear that Tarantino's movie is supposed to be a JJ sequel? Yeah, I also uh, somebody was telling me that Patrick Stewart wants to be Picard again, and they asked me how I felt about that. And I said, "Well, I love Patrick Stewart, so yeah." And it, like the thing yes. about that is, the rumors are that he's supposed to be in one of the Alex Kurtzman series. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're talking about it being the animated one. Which makes Which more makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. like, Marina Sirtis, had, like, they asked her about it, and she was like, yeah, I think that's a rumor. Like... Oh, uh, maybe not then, yeah. I mean, but she's I pretty mean, honest about that stuff. I don't... Maybe she just doesn't know. Maybe she hasn't been asked. Maybe. Because they already burned bridges with Michael Dorn. I can't believe that he... I, I love... You know what I love? secretly not so secretly because i'm recording this me talking about it right everyone now. will know now yeah i love that he did sto and doesn't want to do discovery well th- the reason why he doesn't want to do discovery is because they want to give him less than one percent of what he made last time he played wharf yeah less and also, than one percent he's like a big draw <laughs> like he's yeah. like a guy that i would watch the show for i'd be like oh michael dorn's in it fuck yeah dude they're like fucking bring on all these new cast members, but we will pay Michael Dorn one percent. He walked in with his agent, and their agent said, "Shut up, Space Dorn." Oh, that was coming. <laughs> it's it's like a shame. It it's, really is. They burned bridges with Michael Dorn. Like Marina Sirtis hasn't even been talked to about it. Maybe it's just hard and a bunch of new people. Discovery, all these shows—it's they're fucking idiots, dude. They're fucking idiots. Like, look what Star Wars just did. Star Wars is like, we gotta fucking rein this shit back with the movies and shit. And Star Trek's doing the exact opposite. Yeah, with with far less talent behind it and far less like foundation. Like, like Star Wars, there's a lot to go on and there's a strong product there. Star Trek, right now, I don't know. Star Trek is I don't not know about hot. that. Right yeah. now, with like mainstream audiences, that. yeah, I'd it's, stay it's away. the same thing that's always happened. Like, uh, I was watching that Toys That Made Us show, and they were talking yeah. about how Star Trek toys, when uh, like a good movie would buy Mego, yeah. huh? <laughs> buy Mego, that's yeah. the company who made them. Yeah, <laughs> when like a good movie would hit, they wouldn't make toys until the next movie came out, thinking right. it was going to be just as good. But we all know how the odd number Star Trek movies were. They didn't know yet. So they, they didn't, didn't sell for shit. So they didn't make mo- yeah. toys for the next good movie. It's and so that's stupid. still what's happening with Star Trek. They're like striking while the iron is cold as fuck. Yeah, they're doing it off the backwards way. Really. Like, how are you going to build a free and like a new '90s style Star Trek 
franchise off of a series that you have to buy a streaming service in order to see. It's absurd. It doesn't take, like, a corporate, like, mega genius to figure this out. Like, two idiots are sitting in their houses right now recording yeah. a podcast about it. Like, it really isn't that Wait, difficult what? of a concept. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Hello? Wait, who? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Jeff? Is this, is this thing on? Oh, is this hello. mic hot? <laughs> Fucking, uh... I don't know. Like, I wanted to say, though, that this episode is, like, it transcends television writing. Like, there are yes, always those people who were like, oh, well, you know, like, literature is the highest form of writing as an art, and then, like, television yeah. is, like, the shittiest. Right. But, like, this, this is, is pure literature yeah. writing. It's it's amazing. It's, it's incredibly written. Like, I, I, like gaffed at a guffawed at some of the lines i was like my god yeah just the fucking like like it's like listening to like led zeppelin and like you listen to led zeppelin for the first time and you can tell like oh these motherfuckers know that they're good oh yeah like there's an (laughs) understanding of the craft there that you just don't get usually like these dudes are dick swinging right now and that's what this episode is from a writer's standpoint they're dick swinging with the writing in this like this episode has writing that would be like it would be perfect alongside literally any of the greatest writers. I yeah, it's it's, it's really really good. So it's it's very <laughs> important to point out that this episode was written by Melinda Snodgrass. Yeah. who um wrote for she wrote several episodes of um TNG. But uh this this episode is like her masterpiece, I think. Yeah. Um, I th- it's just it just blows my mind how fucking good this is. I I don't again. I feel like we have said nothing about this, but we've I think we just keep saying how good. It is. Yeah, it's it's difficult, <laughs> I, right? I don't know. I don't know if there's a bad line in this script. I don't know if there's. I mean, there isn't. I do know. And I also know that there's not a, a bad scene. There's not a bad character. I think it's interesting to note that uh, she not only wrote Measure of a Man, but she also uh, was the story editor of her own writing. And it turned yeah. out that well. Yeah. Uh, she also wrote um, The Ensigns of Command what's that and one? The High Ground. I don't remember though which ones those are. Um, the Ensigns of Command, if it's the one I think it is. Um, uh, it's this one. Oh I, yeah, she. Has, it's like Dato on the planet trying to get the aliens to evacuate. Yeah, they try to get. She try. He tries to get them off the planet. Yeah, yeah. This one's good. That's a good yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah, this one's good. And she likes Data a lot. Well, fuck. Who wouldn't, right? He's a great story. Uh, lightning rod. The high ground yeah. is the one where they go to the planet and there are terrorists who are trying to take control of the government because they're being oppressed. And Crusher uh, gets uh, kidnapped by their uh, leader. Yeah, and they have that they have that teleporter that like kills them slowly. Yeah, yeah, that, that one's all right. That one's okay, but it's it just shows that like she's a quality writer. That like the yeah. worst one she wrote was just okay. 
yeah, it's still a good episode. I'd still watch it. Um, it's I think it's important to note that she also wrote uh, quite a few episodes of The Outer Limits, the '95 to 2000 series. Oh man, I don't think I saw a lot of those. They're actually really fucking good for the most part. Dude, the '60s Outer Limits were, was like the poor man's Twilight Zone. Yeah, it was. Like the get, the '90s one is actually like really good. Like I saw yeah. one the other day because like a local channel was playing like a marathon of them. Uh-huh. I saw one the other day uh, about this dude who uh, he, he his wife had been killed by a mugger and he was going to kill himself. Right. But then he got like pulled through time and space into another dimension where uh-huh. another version of him had created a machine to pick versions of himself out of other dimensions to figure out uh, what his life would have oh. been like if he would have chosen What do they do that paths. in? What do they they reference that in something? Oh, there's oh, what the fuck is that? See, I don't know, do but that? like it turned out that like one of the versions of himself he pulled through was like a fucking murderer. Yeah, like and, a murderer. Yeah, and he was trying to like uh, yeah team up with another version of himself to rein them in, but then like it was fucking great. It was I think a really that's a great short episode. story. I think there's a short story about a guy who has like a coat or like a cloak or something. Or, or a watch, and he, and he, like, travels around through different times, of, uh, like, and meets different versions of himself. There might be a short story about that. It was... It was just fucking, like... It was a great episode. I wonder if she wrote that one. But, like, my point is that, like, she's a really fucking great writer. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, maybe, like, uh, a head nod to director Robert Shearer. Uh-huh who directed episodes of TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Uh, who directed this episode. Way to go, Ed Sheehan. <laughs> uh, he was also apparently a member of a fucking John Larroquette fun fact of the day. The director <gasps> of this episode was a member of the dance group, the Jivin' Jackson Jills. That is a 100% John Larroquette fact fun fact of the day uh extension oh. for the fun fact uh interesting the jiven jackson jills performed with abbott and costello <laughs> like when so when was their like like prime working time period like the fuck i don't 50s? know 50s 40s i don't know he was born in 1929 so that dude's like oldest probably the 40s dude. probably yeah probably the 40s yeah, he worked with Abbott and Costello, and he also was in Broadway as an actor on the play Lend an Ear. There you go. I think we all remember how good that was. Holy shit, he appeared with Julie Andrews in the movie The Boyfriend. This dude's had a career. Julie Andrews show her tits in the uh, Wedding Crashers? I, I, I don't. Probably. Sounds, is that, that sounds real. Is that her? Or is that, are those her not tits? Are those like stunt Those boobs? are probably stunt titties. I mean, they look like they were, like, computer, maybe. Computer titties? Yeah, because they're, like, in the movie, they're, like, perky, and, like, she got a boob job and stuff. Well, uh, John Larroquette, fun fact of the week, uh, Commander Maddox is a piece of shit. Sucks a lot of pee-pees. Yeah, I hate this. I hate him. I hate his pee-pee. Wait, I'm not thinking of Julie Andrews. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think Julie Andrews was in that movie. I confuse old ladies sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's oh, what the fuck apparently oh, another John Larroquette fun fact of the week uh, <laughs> Melinda Snodgrass writer of this episode was an attorney there you go well there you go 
There Jane you go. Seymour is who I confuse with Julie Andrews okay. all the fucking That's time. That's not even close, but all right. Jane Seymour. <laughs> oh, man, I'm stupid. Uh, Snodgrass also mentioned that there was no way there would be lawyers in the future. Really? In the beautiful future, there would be no lawyers. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. I don't know if that's true at all. I feel like I feel like we've kind of figured that one out. Like, you need lawyers. Like you do. It's just right. Oh man, such a. What are you fucking, gonna do without lawyers? What are you gonna do? Such a fucking great episode, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> like Josh said. We've talked about nothing and everything about this episode all at once. Yeah. Like I don't have anything else to say. Performances I think are top notch. No one puts a bad performance in this episode. Not even. Uh, this is amazing that I'm even gonna say this. Not even Will Wheaton is bad in this. He says. Th- Three lines. That's probably the limit. And that's that why get. it's good. <laughs> that's probably all the lines that you can put of him in a show and have it be okay still. It, all the best episodes of Star Trek have three or less lines from Will Wheaton in it. <laughs> it's a miracle Will Wheaton has not blocked me yet, actually. I don't know why. For some well, reason, uses, I just he uses fly one through. of those things because he blocked a bunch of people that I know. Oh, block chains. I, yeah. Yeah, he uses one of those. Uh, blockchains uh, catch a lot of people who they probably shouldn't be catching, but whatever. Yeah, I've been blocked by some people, and I'm I have I've been like I don't I shouldn't be blocked. I don't know who right. this is, but okay, yeah, I'm blocked yeah. by some people like that. Where why you would be on a social media site and use a blockchain? I have no clue. Like but. I see people who like retweet like quote retweet stuff, yeah. and uh, it says tweet not available. And I'm like, yeah. so I'll click on it to see if it's been deleted, and it says I've been blocked. You've been sometimes. blocked, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, there's people that I've never even looked at before yeah. who I'm, I'm like, blocked. I don't know from. who the fuck this is, but okay. Yeah, I guess I'm blocked. Cool. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I feel like we've talked up and down, side to side, maybe in little circles. They seem to like yeah. that about the measure of a man. Yeah, I uh, I love it. It's I don't know how we're gonna watch any other episodes, honestly. It's uh, we do have hey, the drumhead coming up. Oh, the drumhead's next. That one's also that's not very the next good. one actually. The next one is the DS Nine episode with the uh, oh uh, the Klingon court. The Klingon dude, yeah. Which is oh man, he's an asshole too. All lawyers, right? Unless you he's are a, a patron and a lawyer, then <laughs> you're cool. <laughs> I think I would be a really good lawyer, Jeff. What do you think? I think you've said that before. You said you'd be a good lawyer because you're a bastard. I have. I'm. I like to win. I like to win in ways that I think people f- are are not aware of. I really like to. Like you love shut, winning arguments. I love shutting people the fuck down. Yes. I don't have the energy I, for that shit. I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty okay at it. Like if I, I do say so. I'm so fucking like. <laughs> Passive most of the time, somebody would be like, Jeff, you're a piece of shit. I'd be like, All right, fuck you, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> oh man, it's like just your opinion, man. Yeah, like I'm fine. I've met me. I'm good. <laughs> I'm the best. I pick. I put this episode in this order That's true. in the trials collection. 
Wait, uh, so our next... What's it called? What's the next one called? I guess we should say what it is. Oh, fuck that. I don't want people listening to this. Um, let me ch- <laughs> let me check and see. Oh, it's see. on the Twitter. We're, yeah. all, we're each looking at the, tr- at the we're Twitter. We're looking right at now. our own Twitter to figure yeah. out what episode this is going to be. So get excited. Just wait. Here, I found it. It's, rules uh, of Engagement. Yeah, DS9 Rules of Engagement. Ep- season 4, episode 18. Hopefully that's correct on yeah, Netflix. it's definitely it's not going to be that on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's very... Netflix really fucks up the, the numbers. I don't know why. I know that the drumhead is actually one Kevin Cole's favorite episode of Star yeah. Trek. And then we get Tribunal, which is... Is that the... It's the Cardassian oh, court. That's the the O'Brien one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Cardassian court. I oh, felt it was great to show to have like an interspersal of Federation court, so we can yeah. still have an idea. Although the drumhead ends very differently. Yes, it's it shows that the court doesn't always do the right thing. Yeah, but uh, look forward to that one. But the next one is DS9 Rules of Engagement, if you want to listen to that. Also, buy a shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. It turns out a lot of people don't know that we sell shirts. Which is crazy. Uh, a lot of people think the Patreon isn't real, but it is. <laughs> it's our fault. It's our fault because for years we yeah, were like, we're, we made we're a doing one. <laughs> but uh, the Patreon is real. We sell t-shirts. You can find links to all that shit at mclasspodcast.wordpress.com. Go to it. Uh, you can also find links to all that shit on our Twitter. Go to that. Which is at mclasspodcast. And if oh, you'd like shit. to send us an email and be on our other program, which will be out next week, it's uh, mclassemail at gmail.com, singular. No emails. Email one. And uh, if you would like to receive M-Class emails, the episode, on the same day you're listening to this episode instead of next week, then you should become a patron of ours, because they get it a week early. Yeah, they're better than you. (laughs) Unless you become one. (laughs) Then you can be just as good as them. Which is far superior than most people. Um, They get M-Class emails a week early. They receive specialty podcasts that no one else receives. Secret do what is the what's the line? Do Deppel secret? Fuck, do, I don't remember. Do, something. Fuck. It doesn't matter. Robot uh, house. <laughs> secret probation. Yeah. They uh, they receive uh, podcasts such as the super secret hidden discovery collection. <laughs> hidden discovery. The uh, Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit podcast, where we pick a random topic and just talk about it for a half hour to forty five minutes. Oh yeah! Also, if you want us to, uh, if you want us to talk about uh, what you want us to talk about on there, just go to Twitter and tell us. Yeah, you can tell us what you'd like us to talk about. We might can, uh, twist that and fuck you over, but it'll still be yeah, a good episode. We need ideas, honestly, because we're really brain dead. Yeah, it's weird that we can talk about what the fuck ever for hours at a time, but then as soon as we get need a structured topic, we've got nothing. It's the it's the way it works, honestly. Yeah. It's just the way, you know. But uh, if you want to become a patron, you can head on over to uh, patreon.com slash podcast. And uh, you can receive up to three separate podcasts that you won't be able to listen to otherwise. That's fucking crazy. 
And uh, fuck, <laughs> there's like a drawing for free art that I'll make free art for you once a month. Yeah. I'm going to get on that, by the way, patrons. I know I missed uh, last month, but it was our first month, and I'm ready yeah. this time. I got it. Uh, but if you don't want to do any of those things, uh, fucking fine, I guess, dude. Be that way. Yeah, just listen if you want. You can just listen to us. and This uh, is free. It'll, it'll be free forever, probably. Yeah. Uh, well, not probably. Forever, for sure. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> Damn, Josh has got some fucking big boy plans that I don't even know about yet. Do you want the M-Class Podcast Silver Package? <laughs> Fuck with CBS sure, All Access. Make sure you pay $5 a month and you can watch Jeff and Josh talk about movies and then then you get to... F- you can see it. <laughs> see it? What the fuck? <laughs> it's a podcast. What's well, a commentary? <laughs> you watch the movies. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> M-Class got the movies. Oh no! <laughs> if you want to see soon. movies, you got to see M Class. Mm-hmm. Uh, tune in next week for more M Class podcast in one form or another. Bye bye. Bye everybody. <laughs>